Welcome to the Pep Talk with James and Zach, the number one podcast for NFL news, analysis, and breakdowns. Let's get into it. All right, so this past week, it's been kind of a crazy week with COVID as far as the games go, but I mean, it was a pretty surprising week, in my opinion, as far as the games go. Lots was of it surprising, like how it started, though, if you think about it? What, with the Chiefs? Yeah, Chiefs, Chargers. It was surprising to me, all right? Oh, okay. That's all that matters. So, Chiefs beat Chargers in overtime on Thursday Night Football, 34-28. Uh, you know, Chargers should have won, really had an opportunity to, but, you know, just couldn't couldn't pull through on it. You know, Justin Herbert does not por- perform as uh, well as I thought he was going to. I predicted four touchdowns and I think, like, 350 yards. He threw for 236 and two touchdowns, one interception. Definitely not what I thought he was going to do, but... It was a good game nonetheless. Good for the Chiefs. I'm happy they got the win. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, uh, first and foremost, I guess, prayers out to Parma, Parm, Parm, oh, yeah. Parmham. I can never figure out how to pronounce his name. But um, scary injury for him. Uh, sounds like he is just in concussion uh, protocol. As far as I've seen, no major injuries to him. So uh, definitely a scary situation. And, you know, there were two passes on that first drive where should have been catches. Obviously, you can't fault him in that situation. Yeah. Uh, just a kind of a freaky accident with the way that he came down and his head hit the ground. Uh, I, I don't think anybody knew what happened until they got up to him, uh, that something was really wrong. But, um, yeah, definitely praying for him to have a speedy recovery. But outside of that, definitely a good game all around. Uh, took it all the way to the end, including some OT, which – Patrick Mahomes definitely had some moments where he was throwing the ball in the dirt coming out of the backfield. Uh, on that one screenplay where he literally just like threw it 10 yards short. Yeah, of yeah, and he had a couple of those. I think he had like three of those. Um, obviously, that one was would have been for a touchdown, so it was yeah. really highlighted. Um, but he definitely just needs to kind of slow down. You saw it, uh, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill coming together, uh, doing what they do on the field. Um, and then some. Outside of that, definitely a tough break for Justin Herbert. Uh, big game, but I think you have to have that. You have to be able to overcome it. Uh, you have to be able to rally your guys and and figure out what's going on. What do I need, where do I need to put this ball to help you guys be successful? Because right now, I mean, the Chiefs are just the big guys in that conference, um, in that division, and it's going to be a Super Bowl every time they play for the foreseeable future because I can't believe that we have both these quarterbacks in the same division. But um, – it's just going to be fireworks for the next 15 years if these guys stick around. Yeah, but, They're uh, so kudos to the Chiefs. They got the top spot of the ASC right now, 10-4 uh, and four after a very dismal start. But I think these guys just needed a challenge. I think they were almost bored uh, just with how good how dominant they were outside of that Super Bowl game last year. You know, I would have never thought in a million years that the Chiefs would be sitting at 10-4 and four right now after they started like 1-3 and three or something like that, 2-3. and three. So, I mean, kudos for them to being able to put their season back together and come back and lead the division. Obviously, their win was not the only thing that put them atop the AFC. The Patriots out here, you know, dropping games to who? To the Colts. Colts, man. Like, I gotta did say, they really drop it or did they just get beat? I think. I mean. They just got beat. They just got beat. And they didn't get beat by the Colts either. They got beat by Jonathan Taylor. They got beat by Jonathan Taylor. They got beat by the Colts defense, believe it or not. So um, Mac Jones made a throw that was, you know, picked off by Bobby O'Karake where uh, he threw that ball a little bit behind, but honestly just an athletic diving interception to cut a route by a linebacker. You don't normally see. I mean, Wentz threw it a better ball to Jamie Collins, and Jamie Collins didn't come away with the interception um, later in that game. Uh, And then – you know, with that interception by Darius Leonard, definitely a situation where they disguised really well. Uh, the Patriots had a play that they've been running that they kind of just expected to work, and Darius Leonard kind of sat underneath, cut back on the route, and picked it. Mm-hmm. Um, those were really the big differences, I think, in this game were those two interceptions, uh, just because once the cheat or once the Pat the, 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 the Patriots got rolling, they were definitely looking really good. Uh, Colts tried to throw that game away after starting it with a 14 nothing lead, but uh, ultimately JT put the team on his back 
with a 22.15 mile per hour run Dude, to finish it. that's faster than like some receivers. Fastest ball carrier speed in the league right now, this season. So How tall is he, like 5'8"? He's 5'10", dude. 5'10", 230. Just a beast. Just a beast. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, if you're a Colts fan, 5 for 12, touchdown, interception. Not the greatest performance by Carson Wentz. Um, But, I mean, they didn't need it. Jonathan Taylor. He stepped up. They didn't need Carson Wentz. I mean, every single you always need your quarterback to play. You always need your quarterback to play better, though. Um, Tell that to Bill Belichick. If from last week. Well, that's a that's a snowy game. I get that. There's going to be a lot of uh, comparisons to that. But if it was snow, sleet, hail, and wind wind sideways, I, I would have understood that. But at the same time, Carson Wentz had 12 attempts that he only completed on five of them, and he gave one of them to the other team. Almost gave another one to the other team. So. I think when you're running the ball that that well, you have to be better uh, throwing it. Obviously not having Michael Pittman with that ejection, with that little scuffle with Duggar, which if you're the NFL, you have some explaining to do because Pittman was blocking him, got his helmet ripped off, went up to him while the play was still alive, kind of shoved him, kind of blocked him some more face-to-face. Pittman gets drilled in the back by Van Noy, and then – Duggar rips his helmet off and punches him in the face, basically. Uh, and the league says, yeah, we're going to eject both guys because this guy did something. Um, He's out here getting jumped. But, I mean, if that's the case, you you basically set the precedent that you're going to kick everybody out of the game if they push somebody, yeah. um, which is just dangerous. Or if they get in somebody's face, I just think it's it's a silly precedent to be setting and just more of the no-fun league. Yeah, I mean, definitely, like, I don't know. They had five receivers, yeah, five receivers with one reception, and that was the leader. Like, Zach Paschal led the Colts with one reception for 23 yards. Like, I just really think that they didn't need a pass game. They just played really well defense, which I was not expecting at all. I thought the Patriots were going to come out and, like, scheme around Jonathan Taylor a little bit, which I thought Bill Belichick was going to do a really good job at, but they just didn't. You just can't stop him. Yeah, it's Which, really I difficult mean, to stop. Technically, him. he had like legitimately a hundred and like fifteen yards because he did have that like sixty-yard run at the end of the game. Well, it was twenty-eight carries for one hundred and three yards, which still a little over four yards a carry, something like that. Um, yeah. So, I think the biggest thing was the the Patriots offensively uh, really told the tale here. I think. If there's one way that the Colts can stop the run, it's if they think that you're going to run the ball. Um, if you bring a fullback in, if you go those big packages, they are just so quick to the ball. They're so good. The linebackers are so athletic. They're going to come down, get second level on you, and they're going to make you pay, um, which is why a lot of teams, they tend to be successful against the Colts when they run you know, single back or, or offset and they run play action out of that, give their quarterback some time um, because – yeah, a lot of their runs just didn't go anywhere, which set them up in bad positions. Uh, but it, it makes you question if Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels just don't have uh, faith in Mac Jones, which 26 for 45, 299, two touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, that's not a bad game. I mean, it's not a good game, but it's not a terrible game either. Um, in a game where you're losing and you got to throw for it, I mean, it could be worse. Yeah. It could be five for 12, 57 yards. Yeah, if, you, but, if you wonder why the Colts only had five receptions that's or why. five players with receptions, it was because they were only five completions. So, But, yeah, I mean, I'd rather have the five for 12 and take the dub. I just don't know which one of these teams you'd rather not see in the playoffs. Uh, obviously, the Colts, Colts best rush hot. attack in the league, opportunistic defense. I think they have a takeaway in like 20 straight games or 19 straight games. Uh but the New England Patriots, I mean, they shut you down from a pass game perspective. Um, they just continue to click there, and they can be really effective on offense, um, whereas the Colts can be really leaky on defense and give up a bunch of yards. So uh, these are both just really, really intriguing teams, uh, definitely like kind of under the radar. I guess when you don't have a quarterback who's throwing for 350 yards a game or four touchdowns a game, uh, you – you just got to get overlooked. And I think that these are both teams that 
should at least be playing in the second round of the playoffs this year. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, so I think that we'll see. Patriots are going to be there for sure. Colts, I'm like 99% will be there too. Um, Colts? Currently, I think the Colts would play the Chargers. And frankly, I like that matchup for the Colts. I mean, when you can take the ball out of Herbert's hand because you can run it, you can run up the time of possession. Uh, Patrick Mahomes just showed you can throw the ball all over the field with him. Uh, so Carson Wentz, a little less pressure there. Uh, whereas I don't think Eckler is going to hurt this Colts defense. And it with opportunistic defense takeaways and Justin Herbert being the guy who, I mean, let's not forget that Justin Herbert threw the game losing sealed interception that got called back on a play that shouldn't have gotten called back. The game should have yeah. been over before overtime. Um, but they kind of got an extra shot there to keep it going. So, yeah, I think that right now that two teams that I think first round, they're going to be clicking, they're going to be rolling. Uh, I think they at least get a first round win in the playoffs, both of them. So, Yeah, I just don't. So, like, you made the comparison of Patrick Mahomes against the Chargers, but I don't think Carson Wentz has the ability – to come out and kind of play like Patrick Mahomes does. Like, I get where you're coming from. The Chargers showed some weakness there on their pass defense. But, I mean, at the same time, you're talking about Patrick Mahomes here. Maybe I should clarify. So, like, uh, Wentz can have, like, a 24 for 30 for 240 yards and two touchdowns kind of game. Uh, whereas, obviously, Patrick Mahomes goes for 400 yards. Um, so, I'm not saying that Wentz will have, like, a Patrick Mahomes-type performance – just that there's some tape, there's some film on what route concepts are effective here, and they can actually do something. This isn't the Patriots secondary back there uh, with the Chargers. And I think just in general, they've been pretty pretty lackluster against the pass. So I think that it's just a good matchup, if that's obviously who they play the first round. But things can change so much. Um, I'll go ahead and get the playoff picture pulled up here if you want to keep this thing rolling. Yeah, I mean – Things can change, but at the same time, I think we're really like, like in my opinion, I think we're getting to that point where we're pretty solidified on what teams are going to be where. Um, I just think that the only thing that's going to change is positions in in the uh, current playoff bracket. Like I don't think there's going to be a lot of new teams coming into it at this point. I mean, what this was week fifteen. All right, yeah. you've got the you've got the the Steelers in the nine spot. Um. Is there nine playoff teams or seven? There's seven. Seven. So you've got Buffalo in the seven spot. That's what I was looking for. Um, at eight and six. And then you've got Baltimore at eight and six. Pittsburgh at seven and six. Las Vegas at seven and seven. Miami at seven and seven. Cleveland at seven and seven. Denver at seven and seven. So there's a lot that can change. Uh, I mean, they're they're all just like one game apart. I mean, just one game could swing this whole thing, just rip it wide open. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see the Colts playing New England. Um, New England's going to have to shake this one off, though. I mean, if New England struggles from here on out, Colts might maybe have a higher – or no, because the Patriots are leading their division right now, right? So they're what, the three seed, two seed? Something like that. Yeah, I think the best Indianapolis can be basically is the five seed just because Tennessee is the leader of the division. Um, unless like Tennessee just like loses mm-hmm. out for the rest of the season, which um, is potentially possible, just pretty unlikely if we look at who they have coming up here. They got coming up? The 49ers, Dolphins, and Texans. Oh. <laughs> um, you've, you've pretty much got a W uh, against the Texans. 49ers are tricky right now, and the Dolphins are a little bit tricky right now. Uh, The Steelers definitely showed what you can do against them uh, defensively. And so it would be be crazy. I think that at one point there was like a 3% chance uh, for Indianapolis to win their division. Uh, But it's looking more and more likely because I think the Colts probably win out. Yeah. No, I think the Colts will win out. And then on top of that – or no, that was a different team. My bad. Anyways, so yeah, good game between Colts, Patriots. Colts kind of ran through them, I feel like. Yeah. It was a dominant win. It was definitely yeah. a dominant win. Which I feel like the Colts needed 
Patriots were definitely dreading that. I mean, as a Patriots, that's like a nightmare for you at this point in the season. You don't want that. But for the Colts, that's a dream come true. Now you're, they're what, 8-6, 8-5? 8-6, yeah. Eight so, six. I mean, the final thing I'll say on that, because you're wondering why are these guys so so up on Indianapolis Colts, um, they lost, obviously, to the Buccaneers. They lost to the Titans by three, and they lost to the Ravens uh, by six in an overtime loss. Um, and those are their only losses since week three of this season. So they just keep winning. They keep stringing together wins. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight and three over the last 11 weeks. Uh, and they have looked dominant. I mean, they were looking to shut out the Patriots in this game. Uh, obviously second half adjustments came through, but shut out the Texans. That's not easy to do. You know, stomp the Bills 41 15. Uh, beat down the Jets 45 30. I mean, this is a team uh, that, that's doing it. They're they're playing really, really good football. And yeah. I think that because, again, the quarterback position looks a little bit lackluster. Anytime that a team is running the ball really well, you kind of think, just in the current climate of the NFL, you kind of think, ah, oh, are they that good or not? But I think they're the real deal. And let's get Jonathan Taylor. Couple two hundred yard games and MVP this season. That's what I'm saying. Um, Buffalo still beating up on the bad teams, still looking really good, but not really playing good. Well, I mean they played good, but like against good teams, not playing very well. Um, beat the Carolina Panthers 31-14, so pretty dominant win there. Um, Josh well, Allen, Cam Newton. I mean, can we just accept the fact that Cam Newton isn't good anymore? No. Like, can we just? Let's hang up the cleats. Let's walk away from the game. Uh, Cam Newton in this game was 18 of 38 for 156 yards, TD and interception. And he carried the ball 15 times as a quarterback. But it just doesn't – it's not enough, clearly. I mean, you're playing the Buffalo Bills who are hanging 31 on you. Getting 71 yards on the ground and one TD isn't going to do it. I mean, that's where – I mean, you need the yards. you got to move the ball. And you're going to move the ball most effectively through the air. That's why the quarterback position is so important. Uh, obviously, if the defense can be spectacular, then Cam Newton maybe has a has a place here. But, I mean, when you're comp- completing like 50% of your passes, um, that's just not efficient football. QBR of 15.7. Um, it's just not good. And I feel bad. I feel like. You definitely saw some hunger in Cam Newton when he played for the Patriots and obviously the COVID year and everything that happened with that. Uh, but I just I think it's time for him to hang him up. He had his he had his run, but he just doesn't have the arm anymore. It's just gone. Yeah, and I don't really think he ever really did. I mean, he did have that MVP year, but he also had a great team around him that one year. Yeah. Pretty good defense on that Super Bowl team. Um, obviously, they didn't win the Super Bowl, but, I mean, they did have a good team. So I don't – I think he was a little glorified that year and this year when he doesn't really have as many weapons, uh, the real Cam Newton is kind of coming out. Yeah. Kind of showing. Um, but as far as the Bills go, Josh Allen had the okay game. I mean, not much better. He threw, well, a little better. Uh, 19 for 34, not great. 210 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. So, I mean, got a – Okay, I wouldn't. I mean, it's nothing to brag about. I mean, nineteen for thirty-four isn't the isn't something you want to tell people about. But yeah, uh, David Singletary or Devin Singletary, my bad. Um, Twenty-two carries, eighty-six yards, and touchdown. So getting it done on the ground. But, yeah, this Panther secondary is a stingy secondary. Uh, they yeah. make you work for it, even if they've had some blowout games. Uh, Stephon Gilmore and company out there. I mean, they've they've got some talented players on that side of the ball that are, like I said, they're going to make you work for it. So uh, obviously Josh Allen, 210 yards was all he needed. Three touchdowns. It's all he needed to hang up 31 points on him. Um, more importantly, I think though, that big Cardinals win against the Lions. Yeah, man. I knew it would be an easy one for him. I knew it. I mean, I think everyone did. Yeah. I think you were talking just like a massive blowout by the Cardinals. Wasn't even worth having a conversation about. Yeah, honestly, we should probably skip it. Yeah. So are the Cardinals done without DeAndre Hopkins? I'll throw it back. Oh, wait a minute. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. How's that? All right. Anyways, I don't think this was DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think this was his doing. 23 of of 41, 257 in a TD. Okay, but what? In a blowout game. 
But what's the best that Kyler Murray could have done with DeAndre Hopkins? I mean, been, what, 30 for 41 for 300 yards and a touchdown? I mean, he could have been, like, 25 or 35. DeAndre Hopkins can give you not 12, 12 receptions and, and uh, 200 yards. Yeah, that's true. I guess they were playing the Lions. I don't know. I just don't see – I don't see DeAndre Hopkins really. I mean, the Cardinals won without Kyler Murray. They had DeAndre Hopkins though. Right, but just saying, this team wasn't good. They traded for DeAndre Hopkins. They got really good, and then they lost DeAndre Hopkins, and they lost to the Lions. Wait till next week. I mean, they lost to the Lions. Granted. Defense could have played better. Yeah. Let's be straight about it. That's true. Um, I mean, Jared Goff just had an incredible game. He had a an incredibly efficient game. I'd go I'd be hard-pressed for – again, he did what he had to do. He's playing with the lead the whole game. game but uh, I wouldn't go as far as saying it was incredible. He completed 21 for 26, 216 yards, and three touchdowns. I was just looking at last year. Week one, D-Hop went off for 14 catches, 151 yards. Against who? San Francisco. Divisional yeah. opponent. Then he had 10 receptions, 137. 10 receptions, 103. 7, 127. 9, 136. 9, 169. That's the guy you're missing. Yeah, but I don't know. I just... I mean, you still have some people. You still have Christian Kirk, who pulled together a pretty decent game for having to step up as the number one wide receiver. I mean, they even ran the ball well. They even ran the ball. 21 carries, 105 yards, 5 yards a carry. And that's with Kyler Murray having a .8 yards per carry average. So Kyler Murray wasn't even inflating their rushing stats. They just ran the ball well in general. Yeah, I mean... Chase Edmonds had six carries for 53 yards, and James Conner had eight for 39. So, I mean, um, nothing to complain about on either of those ones. Yeah, even if you take out their longs, I mean, it's still six carry or seven carries for 24 yards, 20, 25 yards, and then yeah, just five, carries for 20, five carries for 30 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, so, even if you take out their big runs, which obviously big runs are why guys get big averages in the league. So. Yeah. You can't just discount that they oh they had some big runs. I mean they they were breaking some stuff off. I don't know. Kyler Murray just looked lost back there. Um, even towards the end of the game, you kind of saw it, I think with uh, with the Rams as well. Just just looking lost in the in the big moments of the games. Uh, they they had opportunities to go for it a couple of different times. They couldn't make it happen. So I don't know. I think the Cardinals are definitely. I think this is why we couldn't give the Cardinals all that hype early on. I just don't think they're as good as the record is, but I don't think they're a bad football team either. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they were the number one team for quite some time, actually. Yeah. And, I mean, I think that they played well enough to be the number one team. I think they were legitimately the number one team in the NFL for a while. But, I mean, now you have to, like, question it a little bit. I mean, coming off back-to-back losses to – I mean, the Rams, you can justify. The Lions, how can you justify that? I mean, now you don't have D-Hop. You're headed into the tail end of the season, coming off back-to-back losses. Yeah, I mean, you gotta go. You got to go play them Colts and yeah. them boys. Who are coming off of a big win. Yeah. And so coming off two big losses. Yeah, two big losses. And it's – granted, the Colts have to travel. I mean, we'll, we'll give you some breakdowns on what we think that's going to look like. But it, it's not looking good. And I definitely think that the Cardinals um, – they're in trouble. They got to pull it together. Yeah. And DeAndre Hopkins is just an absolute force. It, it blows my mind that he even got traded. Uh, there, it doesn't make any sense. But he is such a huge part of their offense in the sense that you are double teaming him on every single play. There's never a, a play where he runs down the field where you don't have double coverage there. And when you don't have anybody that has that type of threat, I mean, that offense is completely different. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Cardinals just didn't look like, I mean, at the base of it, they just didn't look like the number one team. And when you're playing against the Lions, you have to you have to at least show up, and you'll most likely most likely get a win if you show up. 
But, I mean, yeah. So I got some big news here. Report coming out. Tom Brady talks Chris Godwin injury. NFL needs to address hits to wide receivers' knees. This pisses me off. This game is just getting so soft. Anytime anything happens, we knew this was coming. Well, you can't hit them in the head. You can't hit them when they're not looking. You You can't do this. You can't do that. And even Brady said, you can't hit anybody in the knees except for wide receivers. The fact that you think that you can take away every area that you could possibly tackle a guy, but somehow there's still going to be defense, blows my mind. Do we want to go back to giving them concussions, or do we want to go back to going and hitting them in the legs, doing what we can, trying to avoid their head? Because you think about it, you have to target low Yeah. if you have any chance of not hitting a guy in the head these days and not just absolutely ruining the game, completely throwing things off. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, I feel like I get where he's coming from with like not being able to hit him in the knees, but like at the same time, I mean, you're taught to taught to break down and go for the hips or the thighs or something like that. So you got to get low. And I mean, those injuries happen. They don't happen often, but problem is, happen. and I I get it. You, you're supposed to go midline of the body textbook get your head over the problem is is, that, is so often these receivers are catching the ball they're turning they're lowering their head um all these different things and guys are constantly getting flagged for uh, unnecessary roughness on a wide receiver and that's a 15 yard penalty if you happen to knock the ball away maybe you got a big play on third down you've just given them the first down and 15 yards um on top of the fact you can't tackle the quarterback you can't touch him low you can't touch him high um it's just I don't know. We don't need more rules for safety. It's a violent game. It's part of it. It sucks. Never want to see anybody get hurt. But that's the price you pay when you choose to play this game. And I just, I'm so tired of all these guys that stick around in the league. And honestly, being a Peyton Manning fan, I can't stand some of the safety rules that he came up with. Some of the don't let the don't let the receiver or the don't let the cornerbacks jam the wide receivers for X amount or touch them down the field. I mean, they've just softened up the game so much to a point where Aaron Rodgers was talking about it early in the season or in the offseason, and Brady was even coming off with it, is guys, quarterbacks nowadays, they don't have to try to even learn how to throw the ball to receivers well, good ball placement. They just get away with just this crappy play that, you know, because, oh, they throw the ball up high or they throw it down low, guy gets crushed. Now if you hit the guy high, and now if this goes up through, you hit the guy low, 15 yards. Yeah. Bad ball, 15 yards. Yeah, I mean, at that point, you just throw the ball, and receiver is going to catch it or not. He's going to get hit. But, I mean, at this point, you can't even hit him. you got to, like, push him over. So, you know, I get, like, playing wide receiver, you get hit like that sometimes. The same thing when you, like, go up for a ball, you're going to get hit in the ribs sometimes. It just happens. Yeah, and to be honest, if we didn't have so much this soft coverage on defense, guys could actually play physical defense. They could get have some contact, kind of hang on to you a little bit, stick with you. These running from, you know, deep thirds coming down, crashing on guys, is going to be less because you're going to see more man coverage. You're going to see less of that zone stuff where you're sitting and cracking down on guys. Yeah. I mean, you just – I just – blows my mind. I can't do it. I will have to stop watching football altogether if they say you can't hit a wide receiver below the femur. I don't know. Like, just that <laughs> – I just saw that. It just got me really, really fired up. You know, and I can understand, like, Tom Brady's obviously pretty frustrated right now coming off that loss. I mean, they lost, like, three of their star players. And yeah. so, I mean, I understand why he's frustrated, but at the same time, I think he needs to step back and not look at everything that went wrong and realize that, like, that was normal. Like, that was a normal hit. Um, People get hit like that all the time. Once in a while, a freak accident happens where you tear your ACL. Yeah, I don't think anybody's out here. Well, they might be, especially the Saints. <laughs> a little throwback to Bounty Gate. Um, but I don't think guys are out here anymore trying to ruin guys' careers, trying to actually physically hurt them. Uh, they're just trying to make the play. They're trying to play within the rules that exist. That's already just way, way too hard as a defender to do. And, uh, yeah. I mean, that just moves us right in. Obviously, Cardinals need to play better. But so do the, the Saints. Bucks. Bucks. What a game. Rivalry? Tom Brady. This, this is an interesting stat. So Tom Brady 
in 37 years of being a Patriot was never swept by a divisional opponent in the regular season. He's now been swept by the Saints both years that he's played in this NFC West, South, South. Yeah. NFC South division. So just imagine what Brady's career could have been. I mean, think about Brady versus a healthy Drew Brees. Well, I mean, young, got beat by Taysom Hill. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Brady or <laughs> Brees threw them back into the game last year with his terrible, terrible picks um, in the playoffs. But Brady is one and four in two seasons versus the Saints. Beat him in the playoffs? Last year. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would say it's the Saints, but it might be. I'd say it's more the Bucks. I mean, you just got to come in and you got to win this game. Like, I mean, when everybody was healthy, they were still losing the game. They were still getting beat up. Yeah. The Saints defense is just so physical. They play such good man coverage. And the way you can beat Brady is you push the pocket from the inside and you play good man coverage. Brady was getting his ball, the ball out to his receivers, but their hands were getting contacted every time that ball was getting out there. Uh, there was a Saints defender there getting his hand on the ball, knocking it down, making it difficult, not just letting Brady throw it to wide open guys because he was getting pushed in the pocket. Cameron Jordan had two, three, four sacks or something. Um, just absolutely wrecked the game. And, uh, yeah, obviously Brady probably figured this out if they played again. Uh, Taysom Hill, 13 to 27, 154 yards, 11 carries, 33 yards. Not the answer. <laughs> And Not going to scare you in January. I think we've been saying that, the both of us. I think we've been saying Taysom Hill is not the answer for the Saints. I wouldn't be surprised if they went and picked up a quarterback here over this next year. I mean, yeah, I think Taysom Hill is the only one they have right now. Gardner Minshew is yeah. looking for a home. Yeah, he just found his. He wants to be a guy. He is a guy. He's a backup. In Philadelphia. He's a backup to a starting backup. <laughs> Yeah, but when when they realize who he is and what he can do, he won't be a backup. He already showed them what they could do. And they said, yeah, we're going to roll with Hurts. I don't know. Yeah, they Saints have a lot of options this year. Uh, problem is, they even with a Taysom Hill at quarterback, a Trevor Simeon at quarterback. But then again, maybe they're looking at Jameis Winston next year. Bring him back. You know, who knows there. Um, but they're definitely playing themselves out of a good draft pick. You know, seven and seven playoff spot, I think. Yeah, I mean, with where all the teams are at, seven and seven is like, um, not in the NFC at least. It's not a good, like, NFC is pretty good this year. AFC, that would be like top, like, not top tier, but like top 70%, 60%, something like that. New Orleans currently has the seventh seed. So they are a playoff team. They're a playoff team right now. Wow. Playoff team with Taysom Hill at quarterback. Taysom Hill at quarterback. The Dolphins, Panthers, Falcons. This team could very genuinely finish this year ten and seven. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Taysom Hill just really has to step up if they want to do that. It's gotta be better. It's gotta be better. Yeah. And I mean, like this game definitely reminded me of that Rams Patriots Super Bowl, or was it? Yeah, Rams Patriots, I believe. Yeah, the ten three, like it was just a defensive battle, just a slugfest. Yeah, not a touchdown scored in the whole game. Saints just moved the ball a little further, and that's why they were able to pick up the three field goals. Um, it was really defensive battle, like you were saying. But um, yeah, I mean, I think the Buccaneers showed if you can, if you're able to. Um, go defense to defense with them instead of trying to like beat their offense and you can you can take them out if you yeah. play defense. Yeah. Wild, wild game. Yeah, I mean all of the games are wild. This what other big stories do we have coming out of this weekend? Uh, Steelers with a big win. Oh, Talk yeah. about an offense they can't produce. Four turnovers, twelve points coming off those turnovers. Just, you got to be better. You got to be better. You got Big Ben Roethlisberger back there as a quarterback. Yeah, but you can't be better if you have Big Ben back there. Big Ben is the best 
fourth quarter quarterback in the league this year. Okay. First of all, keep respect on it. Dude is legit. Okay. All right. I don't know. It's just, it seems like for whatever reason, this offensive line just cannot block. They cannot do anything. Uh, They can't give him any time. He still has, I mean, he's still getting pressured and he gets the ball out faster than anybody in the league. And he's been doing that for the last two years. Which is uh, impressive because he's also the oldest guy in the league. Yeah, but I think he, he gets the ball, I think, on average, like 2.4 seconds, which is just unreal. Um, well, when you throw checkdowns every play, that's what happens. But, you know, Najee Harris never has a hole to run through. Yeah, uh, such true. a talented running back, but just never has an opportunity to make big plays. Uh, his biggest plays typically come in the pass game, you know, where he catches it in space and gets to do something. But, um Big loss for the Titans because mm-hmm. that gives the Colts again that they're right there. They're right there. Um, yeah, I mean the Titans if they drop their next game, which <coughs> is against who is it? the Niners, who are we'll talk about that a little bit on Wednesday. But there is a possibility they could do that if they drop that game. Colts win. I mean, Colts are right there. Yep. So, yeah, that's that's a big win. I really thought that the Steelers were going to lose this. We won't gloss over that fact. I really thought that the Titans were just going to absolutely roll through Pittsburgh. And early on, it looked like it was going to go that way. You know, they were up 10-0 in the first quarter, uh, 13-3, and then just the second half. And that's really been Pittsburgh this year is they've owned games in the second half. Their their defense has stepped up and big bid been big in big moments. Uh, speaking of big and big moments, the Cowboys. My other MVP oh. guy, who TJ Watt. Got to give it to him. Just set the Steelers franchise record for sacks, seventeen sacks. No Steeler in the storied career has had more sacks in a season. So you're trying to tell me? Well, I guess that's actually fair because Steelers have had some great defenses over the past. Hundred years, yes. So that's actually three head coaches, but a lot of good linebackers. But what I will say is, you can't have a running back and a defensive end. No, he's not a he's a linebacker, isn't he? Linebacker, yeah. He kind of plays hybrid. He's an edge, yeah. An edge player can't have an edge player and a running back as your leaders for NBA. They've got to be though. I mean, the fact is, is this. The Steelers do not have the record that they have without T.J. Watt. This is probably like a three-win team without T.J. Watt. He's limping them into the playoffs. 17 and a half sacks. Four forced fumbles. Pressures. Does it all. I mean, he's a great player, no doubt. I'm not going to take that away from him. But I just don't think that he is the reason the Steelers are what they're doing. I think... I don't know, because I really don't want to say it's Ben Roethlisberger, but at the same time... I was going to say, who is it? You know? I don't know. It's who everyone. is it? It's everyone playing okay. That's why they have an okay record. DJ Watt's not playing okay, though. Okay? Hey, I'll move on before I get upset. Because that's where we're working towards. Moving on, we got Jaguars-Texans. Big game. Trevor Lawrence underperforming once again against a very underwhelming... Texans defense. Is Trevor Lawrence bad at football? Yes, he is. I said no last time, but I think after this game, yes. I mean, you don't throw any touchdowns on freaking Houston, and you want to be considered a good quarterback? It's like at some point, right, you have to start elevating your game, even if you're around a bunch of scrubs, right? And he hasn't. 22 of 38, 210 yards. Who even scored? Did they have a... James Robinson. Yeah, he had one touchdown. 18 carries, 75 yards, so it's like you're running the ball well. But you know? Who... Oh, they just had a bunch of field goals is what they had. Yeah, I mean, Trevor Lawrence at this point, you know, I feel like this game was kind of the, the edge for me. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is good at professional football. I can't figure it out. It doesn't make any sense. He was so good at Clemson. But this is kind of that effect. I mean, how many Alabama quarterbacks have come into the league 
and just been average, right? Like Trevor Lawrence was none of them. All of them. No. All, my like, boy, my boy Mac Jones averages it out. You're like all six right. years old right now. Okay, that's how I feel like you are. You're talking about just this one year. Okay. Okay, now, but in general, Bama quarterbacks have not been spectacular in the NFL. Oh. They've been average or below average. Even Mac Jones, he's like a spectacular game manager. He's just not a – he's – call him average? Yeah. I mean, he's average. He's a rookie. Yeah. And he's really good at not being bad. Which means he's good. He's average. He's, he's not really good, but he's not really bad. He's never really bad, which makes him – Average. And average in the NFL is really good. You win a lot of games if you're average. That's a fact. Which makes you good. Makes you average. Patrick Mahomes is really good. We'll talk about a real good quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is really good. Davis Mills, good quarterback. Justin Herbert is really good. Mac Jones, average. But I don't think Trevor Lawrence is even average. He had all this. I don't even think he's below average. He's got all these tools, right? And he had all this hype coming into college, but he came into he came into Clemson when they were at the peak of their recruiting. Yeah, they had a great team. I'm just trying to think who was there. They, a bunch of guys had just left Hopkins and Renfro and Hopkins left a Williams years before. Um, that's what I said. With just left, just came out of the program. But this that he came into the program that was already. I mean, Deshaun Watson had the, you know, won their first national big national championship for him. Uh, so it wasn't like he stepped into a program that was budding and he took it off. Uh, he came into a really, really good program that was just absolutely stacked at the time and performed as well as you would expect him to, uh, being a pretty good quarterback. But I gotta say his stock watching him play and his stock and his, you know, throughout his college career, he kind of seemed like he was just less spectacular every year. Uh, but they kept winning, so it's like you give it to him. He's the cut and dry number one pick, so you got to just believe in him, kind of a thing. Uh, but I don't know. I'm definitely losing hope. I'm sold on the fact that he's below below average. Yeah, I mean his his last year, obviously only played ten games, but twenty four touchdowns, five interceptions. Even his best year, thirty six TDs, eight picks. I mean. Joey Burrow threw 60. Ryan Leaf was good in college. Mac Jones threw 56. Yeah. Or something. Wait, in college? <laughs> in like 12 games? I can't believe it actually. Alabama. 41. He threw 41. I was going to say. Mac Jones, 77% completion, 4,500 yards, 41 TDs, 4 picks. That's a lot better Mac Jones than freaking average. Trevor Lawrence's best year yeah. in college. That's like, it's and then like we're looking at what he's done now, and I don't know. I'm not impressed. Me neither. But it is the Jaguars, so you can never can never count them out of being bad. Um, Colt should offer like some pickup sticks or something for him for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. You already it's the Jaguars. You're gonna ask for like three first round picks for him. Maybe just give him. Just give him Wentz. So the Packers got a big win over the Ravens. <laughs> Was it a big win? No. The Ravens should have won. And I'll tell you why. Because here's what would happen. You don't go for two on that last play. Facts. You don't go for two. You Preach. kick the field goal. Put it in overtime. Preach. Take your 50-50 chance of getting the coin toss. Take it down the field if you get it and win. Preach. Let me look at this. Let me, let me, let me, let's pull up some analytics here. And second of all, what was that throw on that two-point conversion into double coverage with that safety coming down? Come on, man. Be better. They knew exactly where they were going to go with that ball. They did the same thing. They did the same thing um, a couple weeks ago. And, okay. uh, yeah, when uh, with Lamar Jackson versus the Steelers. So... Oh. Is that last week? No, that was a week. Before. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Um, yeah, I mean, I just don't see how it makes sense to go for two there. Like, don't go for the win. You have the ability to push the game out further to give you a little chance. 
I mean, is going for two giving you a higher than 50-50 chance like the coin toss in overtime would? I, I mean, don't know. The overall success rate of two-point conversions is 48.2%. That being said, the run conversion rate is 61.7. And they threw. The pass conversion rate is 43.4. So it doesn't I, – I, I don't know. Just the idea that you're like – I get you're clicking – but you just got a three and out on Aaron Rodgers. I know he'd been playing well, but you just got three and out on Aaron Rodgers. You sacked him. You've got him thinking like, "Hey, I got to make some plays." He had a bad throw. I mean, I just feel like yeah, you got to be looking at the big picture as you go through it. He missed Lazard on a touchdown to put the game away. He gets sacked. They go three and out. I mean, these things are adding up. Aaron Rodgers is kind of getting a little shaky. He's like, "Oh, this thing is not just going to be a closeout game." Now, even if they get the ball. You might hold them to three points. I mean, just because it's not a 50-50% chance that you lose the game. It's a 50-50% chance that you don't get the ball. Yeah. And then you just have to try to hold them to three. And that Ravens offense is clicking. I, 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 I like their chances of going 75 yards and scoring a touchdown more than trying to get those right there, especially with the play call. The rollout to the right, cutting off half the field. If he stands in the pocket, Hollywood Brown is coming open wide over the single linebacker that's there, but you roll it out, you cut the field into a third, and it is what it is. They're going to say it was the right choice, but... It was wrong. Tyler Huntley was robbed of a W and a real chance to get a W. But is he better than Lamar Jackson? Mm. Is he better than Lamar Jackson? No. He doesn't have an MVP. I don't think Lamar Jackson should have an MVP. Yeah, that's probably true. But he does. I mean, I think he, he was like, oh, he's flashy with his feet and all that stuff. But, I mean, the year he got an MVP, he got absolutely wrecked in the playoffs. I think if you had Lamar in this game, I don't think you would have seen the numbers that Huntley had. I don't think so either. I think that Packers defense is really, really good. Huntley made some throws that you're like, why is he making those throws? But at the same time, he was making them. Yeah. Like, give me Give me a... Hollywood stats for that game. Um, where you at? Where you at? Uh, ten receptions, forty-three yards. Exactly. What? Those are throws that Lamar's not going to make. Hitch, oh, hitch, hitch, hitch. Hit Mark Andrews. Hitch Mark Andrews. Yeah, I mean that's what they did. Basically. Lamar is always looking for a touchdown. He's looking for everything down the field. He wants to roll out. He wants to make these spectacular plays. Huntley just wanted to. Make plays. He just wanted the ball. And honestly, I liked his pocket presence a lot more than Lamar's. He was not just a tuck and run. He really tried to stay in the pocket. He really shifted and made guys work for it. Um, but then he did run. He still put up 73 yards on the ground as well. He was very effective on his feet, moving the chains. I think he's really interesting. Depending on how Lamar Jackson is doing next week when they have to play the – yeah, who did they play next week? Uh, shoot, I thought I was going to get to that much quicker. They play the Bengals. The Bengals. Who are coming off. Conference game. A dub over Denver. Didn't see that coming. Drew Locke got, got in the game. Teddy Bridgewater's just kind of done, right? Like, yeah. He ever, like, so when he went to Denver, I thought, that kid can't play in Denver. He just doesn't have what it what? takes. What? And he yet. Lost. The Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. That's you what said, I said. You said Teddy Bridgewater got it done, didn't you? No. Yes. No. I have it. No. All right, anyways. I said Drew Locke came into the game. Teddy Bridgewater cannot get it done. Yeah, you might have said In that. Denver. Anyways. <laughs> um, that is true. It seems like he's like really good for about four or five games a year. And then reality comes back, and people are like, he's not going to beat us. So then you get the games that they had this go around. Um, but what's really fun with this Cincinnati game, Baltimore next week, whoever wins this game, they're in the playoffs for yeah. this week. Ravens win, they're out right now. Yeah. They win, they're in. Bengals lose, they're out. This is – I've never seen a playoff picture. Dude, this that is, is what just I hate every about single the AFC. Right it's now. every single week. It's, it's a playoff Every game. team is in playoff contention. I mean, we're basically in the playoffs right now. 
We have been for two weeks. It's wonderful. It's Everything nuts. is a major game. So I kind of love it though. Absolutely, yeah. Dude, I like the extra. You know, adding that extra playoff team really just opened oh, opened yeah. things up in yeah, a major way. Uh, Tyler Boyd performing very well in that game. Five receptions, ninety-six yards, and a touchdown. I like the fact that Joe Burrow didn't have to do anything and still got the win. Yeah, but they I almost mean, didn't, man. Yeah, they almost. I was really questioning. I was looking at Joey, thinking, "You got to do more than that." Especially against you know? the Broncos. Yeah. Um, but still, I think it was a very deservable win, a predictable win for Cincinnati. Let's talk about the 49ers putting the third team from the NFC West into the playoffs. The most dominant division in football. They have three of their four teams. I mean, yeah, we're going to exclude the Seahawks because they're like the little brother. They're not good, all right? But they have three of the top teams in the NFC in one division. How sick is that? I mean, Niners are – the Niners, I feel like this is pretty normal for them to be like a little okay. But I feel like being okay this year gets you into the playoffs especially in the AFC. Granted, they're in the NFC, which is a little bit more competitive right now, but they're still getting it done. They're winning games. But, I mean, Jimmy G performing pretty well. Uh, 18 for 23, 235 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, not bad, not fantastic. Um, Yeah, I mean, they played the Falcons. Yeah, but they... Six and eight, but... You know what I love really? about the 49ers is the fact that of how well they use Debo Samuel. Yeah. is He's a great receiver, but they run that sweep with him so often because he keeps getting it done. They ran – he had six carries as a wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah, he does it every week. He's definitely a fantastic player. Uh, 49ers have been clicking, you know. Again, don't read into this too much just because – it was a win against the, the Falcons. The Falcons, who have beat the Jaguars, the Dolphins, the Jets, the Giants. Yeah, all the bad teams. They beat the Saints, but yeah. Yeah, no. Worries. Um, Dallas, big win over divisional opponents, kept her going, and uh, yeah, I think that's all the big. Yeah, I mean, big stories for this week. Tom Brady needs to just. Shut his mouth. I don't, yeah. I don't want to hear about... Yelling at everyone. Uh, just real quick, Cowboys smacked down the Giants, 21-6. Predictable, but I didn't think it was going to be this bad, only because it was a divisional game, but also same, like, it is a Giants. So. I just thought that they would have put up more of a fight for being a divisional game, but they didn't. So, is mean, what it is. Yeah, Mike Glennon, I mean, still over here, outperforming everyone. For 99 yards and three interceptions. Oof. What a guy. Oof. He's right. a backup for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Giants are going to struggle. All right. Um, I think that's all the games. So, I mean, next Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, we'll be back with some news. And then going over the upcoming games, this upcoming week is going to be another big one, especially in the AFC. Anything else? That's it. We'll see you guys next time.